Come in, get the kettle on, get yourself settled, because you're listening to Wolfstag with me, Michael Jones. Welcome to episode three of season two already. It's flown around really quickly. Uh, and it genuinely really has, because it felt like I had such a hiatus, such a breakaway from from doing it. And then episode one came. Um, before you know it, we're on to episode three. Um, and it's great to have you back if you're listening. Um, and if you're not listening, <laughs> what's it matter because you're not listening? Uh, <laughs> sometimes I talk nonsense. It's absolutely true. Um, now this week's episode and next week's episode is is really going to be a split between um, an interview uh, that I've done recently. Uh, I got uh, to sit down, and it's been the first time in a long time, I got to sit down with the man behind the Crashing Guitar theme tune um, on on this pod- podcast, um, who also happens to be my cousin, uh, David Jones. Um, and we had um, a long, a long conversation. Um, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a lovely time. And we talked about lots of different things. And he's got a particular story to tell. And he's, he's for me, he's very inspirational um, with the things that's happened to him. I won't do spoilers now. I'll, 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 let, that, I'll let that come out um in the actual interview um so because because we talk because we rambled <laughs> which is what when when us joneses get together it's what we do um i've split it over two weeks so episode three and episode four is part one and part two of my interview with dj um but before we get into that let's have a look at the Wolfstag week So this week's Wolfstag Week is not brought to you by Ryanair, is it? Or the Spanish Tourist Board? Or COVID-19, for that matter. Because I, right now, right now, while I'm sat here in my little office in front of me laptop and me microphone, I shouldn't be here right now. No, I, right now, should be on a plane flying to Spain to have a lovely week away with the lady. In a villa with a pool and sunshine and cold, cold beer. Oh, no. No, that couldn't happen, could it? Because COVID-19 has gone and ruined it all. All I needed for it to do was to just last another week of just being mellow and sitting in the background, just slowly flittering away as it was. But no, had to make a resurgence. Had to come knocking on the door at the last minute, didn't it? So here we are. No use squarking over it. It is what it is. Um, we kind of made the decision that it wasn't a smart thing to do at the moment to go. Uh, and as much as my head says that was the right thing to do, my heart is still giving me a hard time about it because um, it it was tough. And I was so we were both really, really looking forward to it. And we both really needed it. Um, so it's really gutting and really devastating. So my attitude is at the moment, it is not a cancellation, it is a postponement. And March of next year, 
fingers crossed, watch this space. Um, hopefully we'll be jetting off again to, to foreign climes or somewhere like that. Um, but at this rate, it could be a tent on a beach in North Wales. Who knows? Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. We're all geared up to it. Everything was sort of like um, set and ready to go. And then it just went pear-shaped. So here we are. This is where we find ourselves. Um, but hey, it is what it is, isn't it? Um, so yeah, so the whole COVID thing's got a little bit uh, pear-shaped again. Now we've been through this once before as well. You know, we've had we've had six months plus of of managing in lockdown and everything that goes with it. But still, we do that stupid panic thing, you know, and people are doing it already. Everybody's going a little bit stir crazy with it. Stop with the panic buying. You know, there's plenty of food and stuff out there. You don't need, you know, it's not the zombie apocalypse. We, like I say, it's not like we're new to this, guys. Calm it down. And what I'm wondering, though, at the moment is, this is the thing that really baffles me, is, you know, it's not panic buying of, of fresh fruit and veggies and, you know, meat and whatever. No, it's pasta and toilet paper. Now, what do they think's going to happen? that's going to require an awful lot of pasta and toilet paper. What what Italian, crazy Italian dish have they got going on in their heads that's going to require masses of bog roll afterwards? I don't know. I don't know what, what, why? Why? Why those items? I don't get it. Why are they selling out on like loads of cornflakes or or rice or couscous or frozen chips or Rustler's burgers? Or, I, 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 not that I would touch one of those things to begin with. Let, let's be honest there. Burger snob. You know, hashtag. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a little bit, it just seems a tad random, you know, isn't it? But yeah. Um, so so that's what's going on. That's That's been this week is, is, is me kind of fretting. But that's not stopped us. You know, we, we decided that, yeah, all right, Spain's not right right now, but let's make the use of the time off that we've got off. So I am off this week. Not work today, not work yesterday, not working the rest of the week. And I hear some of you cry. Nothing different now, Jones. Hey, I love words. Um, so we went to North Wales yesterday, had a lovely drive out. If you can get out there, guys, if anybody of a, a local to the area, if you're in the northwest, or you fancy traveling to to the northwest of England, hop over the border, get yourselves over into North Wales. There's some absolutely beautiful, beautiful places. Now, the place that we went to mostly, now I can hear some of my Welsh and Welsh-speaking friends right now are going to be absolutely slaughtering me for this. Clangothlin, right? I, for years, I called it Langollen. And much, much to their amusement and daggers, Clangothlin. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. Please feel free to correct me. But we went there, had a lovely day out there. It's a cracking little place that does amazing little, proper little shops there with some like you know amazing local produce and food, stuff like that. Get an oggy, get an oggy. If you've never had a Welsh oggy, you've never lived. Right, this is basically a, um, like a Cornish pasty, but bigger, man-sized, proper, right, northern portion. Yeah, so get yourselves into one of those. So we had a bit of a lovely drive around, went through Horseshoe Pass, which is this cracking drive, uh, went to Swallow Falls, which is this lovely natural waterfall, absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, and it was a cracking day out. 
yeah, the weather was the weather was nice. It was lovely. I mean, it wasn't sun wasn't cracking the flags, but it's not about that all the time, is it? It's just about getting out into your environment, getting some, you know, getting some miles under your belt, you know, getting a bit of exercise, getting a bit of fresh air, going out and doing it. So, and that's what we're doing for the rest of the week. Going out, doing some things should be fun, and I'll tell you all about it next week when we when we get to episode four. But it was cool. But I'll tell you one of the things I did see this week. Um, digressing a little bit now. Now, you will all know if you've listened to this podcast before, or if you've got any sort of sense or idea about me and and who I am and what I'm about. You know, I'm a big advocate of of, of mental health, and and within that, for me personally, I'm a big advocate of of self care. Right, making sure that you're ticking all those boxes in your life. You know, you 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 know, you, you're doing everything in your life right to give you the best chance of living a happy and successful life. So it's you know, it's sleeping, it's exercise, it's rest, it's communication with other people, it's the food and drink that we consume, all good quality stuff. You know, making sure it's it's all good, healthy things that we're doing with a little bit of naughty now and again. That's what it's all about. A little bit of moderation. Cool. Now. As an Englishman, as a Brit, and I say I say I say Englishman through gritted teeth, to be honest with you, because I've got an awful lot more Celtic blood in my veins than I have English blood. Um, not wrong with it, you know. Not wrong with 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 Englishness. It's just not how I identify myself. I don't feel particularly English. I don't feel very Anglo-Saxon. Maybe like they do down south. You know, it seems very Anglo-Saxon down there. But if you come up north, you're a bit more Celtic. You know, where we are up in the northwest, you've got a big mix of Welsh blood, loads of Irish blood, you know, a fair bit of Scottish blood knocking in there. The Vikings were were, were roaming around there for, for a long old time. Uh, and so were the Romans, for that matter. So there's, I think there's a little bit of old sort of like Mediterranean blood slushing around there as well. 4% Swedish, I have personally. 4% Swedish. Did the spit test, sent it off to the little man. Yeah, that's what I am at the moment. So 4% of me is Swedish. Hence my love for Ikea. Um, but I think when it comes to self-care, now people can go, yay, self-care, or poo-poo the idea, or not even consider it at all. But I think as a Brit, as, a, as, an, as an Englishman, as a British person, there's one thing that we all do that you might not necessarily call it self-care. That might not be how you recognise it, but it absolutely is. And that is our brew our lovely cup of tea. There is nothing a Brit likes more than a proper, proper cup of tea. Now, I know some of you out there, you'll be you'll be fans of coffee. And, and some of you, even weirder ones, don't like hot drinks at all. And I, I don't even know where you live. Weirdos. Right? But, you know, coffee drinkers. Now, for me, coffee coffee's an afternoon drink, right? Coffee is a kind of like two o'clock in the afternoon, a nice cup of coffee kind of lifts you up after a, a busy morning and carries you through the rest of the day, right? But I, I personally would never think of having a coffee of a morning when I get up. My go-to, probably one of the first things I do of a morning when I come downstairs, pop the kettle on. Proper, hot, fresh, proper cup of tea, right? It's the best. I would be teetotal tomorrow. I would give up every other drink in the world if it if it if it meant I could keep me cup of tea. If I had that, you know, if I had to make that choice, a, 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 you know, at gunpoint, if someone said, you know, it's tea or beer, tea would win every single time. That's that's where I am. 
So imagine my disgust, my frustration, my oh, I can't even find the words for it this week. I watched now I'm I'm pretty broad-minded and I'm pretty thick-skinned, right? There's not much that throws me off kilter or would make me sort of like, you know, really shout out loud. You know, I had, granted, I have my moments. Can be a little bit of a grumpy old man sometimes. You know, can be a little bit shouty now and again. But generally, I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing bloke. But this week, I saw something that literally turned my stomach. I was watching a programme. And it was on Channel 5, I think. And it was a programme all about tea. And the best tea in our relationship with tea and so on and so forth. It was a kind of half-interesting programme. I say half-interesting because half of the show was about tea and where it came from and the history of it and so on and so forth. And the other half were just randomers, just chatting amongst themselves about tea. So it was like a goggle box for tea, and it was a complete not a waste of time. You could have done it. You could have cut it down to half an hour and got got done with that. It was completely unnecessary. But hey, anyway, the point being is, I was I was pretty okay with that, and I was kind of sort of like semi watching the thing and taking it in. But then they said, "We're going to show you this clip of how," uh, and it's going round uh, YouTube. So it's like it's had massive hits on YouTube, and it was how Americans make tea. I'm sorry. But if and I know some of you out there are are, are listening into the in the US right now, and I love you and I love you for listening to this. But if you make tea like this, you're wrong. You are very wrong, and you have no right to call yourself a civilized person. Absolutely, stop doing that now. You are a heathen. You are a godless heathen. You are beneath contempt if you make tea like this. Right? She got. Oh, I can actually feel myself getting a little bit sick actually thinking about this now. I'm feeling quite queasy, queasy guys. If if I if I throw up at some point, do forgive me. I might just hurl into a bucket, right? She got a cup, a mug, right? It wasn't a teacup. It was a mug. And we all pretty much drink our tea from mugs these days, right? I've got one right in front of me right now, as it happens, right? She got her mug, and she took it to the tap, and she filled it full of cold water. Then. She went to the microwave and she popped her cup of cold water in the microwave and heated it up. Right. Straight away, I can hear you thinking epic fail. Straight away, epic fail. But I can also hear you saying, what What'd she do next, Mike? What happened next? Did she pour it over a tea bag? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. She took out a steaming cup of hot water and at that point she poured the milk in she poured the milk into a cup of water and then yeah and then uh, oh god i can't say it and then she put the tea bag in oh god oh no oh sorry i'm gonna have to take a moment here Yeah, she put the tea bag into a cup of hot, watery milk. She stirred it, she squeezed it, and then, with all seriousness, 
she looked square into the camera and said, and that's how you make a British cup of tea. No, no, it isn't. Stop. No, 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 no. This is no, no. I'm not going to speak ill. I'm not going to speak ill of you, but no. This is this is why you'll never ever until you start making proper cups of teas, American ladies and gentlemen. You can never call yourself a great nation. Stop right there. Stop it now. Knock those words out of your mouth. They don't belong to you. If you think that's how you make a cup of tea, right? A cup of tea, a proper proper cup of tea, is born in a kettle, okay, and marinated, brewed, developed, okay, like a like a tiny infant being born in a teapot. Right now, I'll even forgive you because I do this quite often myself. Tea bags go into a teacup, right? But it is tea bag first. It is tea bag first in your cup or your teapot, right? And then it's hot water. Just, just once your kettle's boiled, just let it come down for a second. You don't want boiling, boiling water on it. Your hot water goes on your tea bag, right? And then you give it a little stir, and then you leave it alone two minutes. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Okay. Just leave it. Little stir. Just leave it to brew. Leave it to mellow. Let it take all that flavour. Mm. Okay. And then, and then, when your two minutes are up, you come back and you fish your tea bag out and you throw it away. Okay. You don't squeeze it. You don't push it against the side of the cup and get those last dregs out because that just makes your tea nasty. Right? Just sling it away. It's done its job. Right? Okay? So now you've got your, your, your infused water with your tea. Now you can add your milk. Now you can put your milk in. Right? And you can add it to, to the strength that you, that you want. Now me, I like a sort of like a builder's brew in that respect. I like mine a bit darker. Okay? A bit stronger. So it's got that kind of nutty brown taste. Some people like it with more milk in. Some people maybe even like it with a little bit less. But that's my kind of taste. But the milk goes in last. It goes in absolutely last. And, and, and on that subject, guys, and on that subject, the milk that goes in your tea, make sure it's a whole milk or a semi-skim milk. Don't put any of that skim stuff in. That... Do you know skim milk? Here's an interesting fact for you. Do you, know, do you know skimmed milk is actually dyed white because skimmed milk is actually green? Because by the time they take all the goodness out of that stuff, it is just basically green water. And then they have to make it white in colour. Leave it alone. It's nasty stuff. It's pointless. Right? Now, I choose semi-skimmed. Whole milk's just a little bit too, too thick, a little bit too creamy for me to say. It's great with other stuff. Absolutely fantastic with other stuff. But for me to I find that a little bit heavy. So semi-skim is my choice. Um, and then you can have, you know, if you want to sweeten it, a little bit of sweetener in there, or a little bit of sugar, or, you know, whatever your, your, your sweeten of choice is. Right? I, I don't take sugar anymore. Used to. Used to have, when I was a kid, three sugars. Knocked it down to two sugars. Knocked it down to one sugar. Now I take a little sweetener. That's it. Right? Dental health. Taking care of my teeth. You... you for you American listeners out there as well, that's another thing that we Brits do. We really do. This thing about English teeth, stop it. It's, it's a lie. Right. Anybody just look at Ryland Clark, you know, it's shiny, shiny, rock, white teeth, lovely. Right. Then you put your little sweetener in, give it a stir, then you can take it away, and then you can have your little bicky, right? Your little bicky at the side, your little Kit Kat, your little digestive, something like that, your rich tea maybe, wherever it might be. I'm not a dunker, not a dunker myself. 
I don't like fishing bits of biscuit out of the bottom of my brew. I'm a slurp and a, and, a, and a biter. I like the crunch. I like the bite, especially with a hobnob. Why have that lovely crunchy oatiness of a hobnob that just is argh, argh, right? Why why water that down with you know with with a brew? You don't need to. Now enjoy the biscuit. Then I you brew afterwards. So yeah, that got me back up a fair bit. Don't know if you noticed that. So the interview this week, um, yeah, like I said, I got the opportunity to sit down with uh, with my cousin from my brother from another mother, um, DJ David Jones, um, my my intro player. Um, I'm a I'm a my buddy. He's 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 a, he's a great guy. So we got the opportunity. It was it was latish one evening, and we went and sat down uh, in the summer house, and we pressed play, and. This is what came of it. So this is part one, and we'll play you part two next week. So please do come back for that. But this is how it went. David Jones, DJ. <laughs> I knew we wouldn't be able to do this seriously. <laughs> Hi Jones. Well, welcome, to, <laughs> welcome to the Wallstack Podcast. How are you? I'm all right, Paul. Good. I'm all right. Yep. Now, first things first. Brew. 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 Now, right. Let me let me just run this past you because uh, on this week's episode, earlier on in today's episode, I recount this story. Now, I don't know whether you saw this in the week. There was a program on Channel Five, right, and they had this uh, American girl making what she called a British cup of tea. Now, I gagged. <laughs> seriously man I, I probably it was like what are you doing? i don't get very angry sort of like screaming at the telly moments but it was a real sort of goggle box what are you doing sort of moment right because she got a cup of cold water like a mug yeah. right she microwaved it oh my god yeah then she poured the milk in yeah now for those of you this is this is audio not video you want to see the face he's making right now <laughs> And then she put the tea bag in. Is that meant to be like what? So that's and, and she was saying that it was a. She did this. She recorded this for YouTube as kind of like this is how you make a proper British cup of tea. British cup of a tea. A British cup of tea. Did you know as well? I found out recently that they don't use electric kettles. Oh no, they do. They do have them, but it's not. It's very. It's not common. Like in America, they don't usually have. So where do they get their hot water from? I think they use, use it on a stove. Oh, they're kind of whistling. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty cool, though, to be fair. Or apparently, yeah, as you say, it's uh, or in the microwave. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but even like, even if you if you heat your water up in the microwave, you then put the tea bag in, don't you? Or or you warm your water up in a jug in the microwave, and you put your tea bag in the cup, and you pour your hot water on. I just can't get my head around that. That's oh. just weird. I was livid. Strange. How dare they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've already mangled the English language. How dare they? Surely it must be a gag. That must be. A, it must be a laugh. That no, surely. no, it was genuine. Genuinely. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like the pre-intro. That's so how, like... do you, how do you make your brew? Right now, I, I talk, I've talked about this earlier on. Right. Oh, okay. 
in the in the best way possible. Right. Oh, the absolute perfect one is loosely in a teapot that I've got oh, that's got okay. one of those, you know, like the diffuser things in the middle mm-hmm. that I picked up cheap from IKEA. I think I might have the same one in a pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, glass yeah. Glass one. I've yeah. Got yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one of those. Second best, which is like the most common, is in a teapot. Most commonly, though, is tea bag in a cup. Let it stand. Take the tea bag out. Put the milk in. Yeah. So you're supposed to do it. Now, if you've made a pot. Yeah. In which order do you put it into your cup? Tea. F- oh, tea first. Tea then milk. Tea then milk. Because if you put the milk in first, you're not really sure what sort of like strength of breed uh, you're going to get. I know, yeah, it's a bit of a risk, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so it's a bit of a risky move, that. And I've done that in the past, and you kind of like, I've been disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's either, yeah, it's either way too weak or it's it's way too strong. I do quite like that, because I do usually try and go for the milk first, and then put the tea, you know, the tea. Yeah. Uh, you know, let it all infuse and all that, and you're like, oh, you really breathe, please, if it's like, if it's good. Now, here's something I've done in the past, and I think this is wrong. Now, looking back, I think it's wrong. If you made a pot of tea, right, and what's left in there after you've had a couple or two out of it is stewed, not cold, but tea bags been in there a bit too long, is it okay to put more hot water in? I think so. Depends on the tea bag. So I've got first world problems. Yeah. It depends on the tea bag as well. Depends how tight you are. Depends how flush you are that week, really, isn't it? Well, it depends on the. Oh yeah, no, no, I've, yeah, I know what you're saying. If you if, depend, if you were going to go for like, you think, oh, I've seen another brew, you, should, you, the... just, you just start again, don't just you? Just make a fresh brew. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. But um, the other one is uh, if you you put the you have the milk in first. Apparently, I found this out that it used people used to do that because obviously mugs would on the on the hot water or the tea yeah. would crack ah. so that's why a lot of people would usually put the milk in first stop your fine china bone yep. china mugs from cracking yeah 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 okay that makes sense but now they're like modern ones obviously you don't need to worry about them. yeah like them cheapest chips from ikea yeah, as well yeah. aren't they or your other supermarket of your choice now go on what are you gonna say no i was just gonna say favorite mug have you got one Oh, I've got, to be fair, I've got, a, I, I quite like mugs. I'm a, I'm a hoarder of mugs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bit of a terror when it comes to mugs. I've got all sorts, and some of my old favourite ones have now become pen holders. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a, like a really nice, I've got a really lovely uh, LFC one. Yeah. But that's like two mugs worth. So that's when I'm feeling like a real sort of like greedy boy. Or that's kind of like a Sunday afternoon. I just want to sort of like read a book and have a big mug of tea. Yeah. Kind of mug. I've got a really nice one that's now upstairs as a pen holder because it's actually from the FBI. Ah. Apparently, the FBI buildings in in wherever it was, I think they've got like a like a headquarters in New York. Yeah. I'm sure they've got headquarters all over the place. Um, a friend of my mum's went there. We were talking about FBI and stuff like that. She said, "Oh, we're going to the FBI. We'll fetch her a mug back." And apparently, the FBI headquarters has a little shop like a memorabilia place. Oh yeah, great. <laughs> where you get mugs and t-shirts and pens and stuff like that. So she brought us back a mug, so it's a proper mug from the FBI. That's great. So yeah, that's that's it's on my desk. Yeah, but I've yeah, I've got all sorts really. I've got one. Uh, so my absolute favourite. It's it, it is a it is a bone china one. It's uh, it's just got loads of guitars on it. Oh, nice. So, which is great because you look at them and it tells you like they're the year that they were released and all this. And oh stuff like right, okay. I've got a couple of like um, 
got a couple of mini ones from when I had a mini, obviously. And then um, a couple of like uh, Haynes manuals ones, like it's got that on the front of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of, I've got, I think it's like a, a Mark III Cortina or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Proper old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I should say it's the right size of mug where, you know, yeah. not too. Stingy. I don't. I don't, I'm not. I'm not massively fussed about what's on the mug, mm. but it's got to be the right size. Mm. And I've known some mugs in the past make your tea go cold. Yes, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. So some are like really better at retaining the heat if you brew and making it last a little bit longer. Because I'm a little bit terrible sometimes if I make a brew, especially when I'm working, I'll leave it like by the side of my laptop, and then I'll kind of forget about it for yeah. twenty minutes. And you can drink cold coffee, but you can't drink cold tea most upsetting thing in the world isn't it <laughs> when your brew goes cold <laughs> yeah. especially when it's, if it's like a little mouthful at the bottom right oh, and yeah. that's kind of glug it can't you yeah yeah that's okay but a whole mug of tea going cold is like that's that's second only to spilling your pint yeah really now where do you stand on dunkin biscuits ah, i'm glad you asked <laughs> Favourite. We tackle the important issues of the day. <laughs> um, so my really boring, right? Yeah. My favourite biscuit for Dunkin', or in general, I reckon, just a straight up digested. Oh, rich tea. Rich tea, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not, see, I'm not a, if I, that's pretty much the only biscuit I'll dunk. Because, like, right, if you get like a really good, I like, with a digestive biscuit, mm. I like the crunch. Like with a hobnob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the crunch and I like the bite. And dunking it in your brew, I just you just lose something in the biscuit. I like it. I think it it adds a bit of a bit to it. <laughs> <laughs> or a or a chocolate bourbon. Do you like a chocolate yeah, bourbon. Yeah, yeah, but now they'll yeah, they'll yeah. hold a dunking. Yeah, yeah. They're all right. Well, <laughs> well we when I used to work. Um, we service, and we'd um, when we do these sessions with uh, young people and that, you know, for like lighting and sound and whatever. Yeah. And we had a chart, and we'd um, during our break, and we'd see, we'd have it was one, it was one of the young people who brought it up. Yeah. Because one of us would always bring in, you know, different biscuits and stuff like that. And okay. Take coffee, whatever, and we'd we'd go through and talk about like you know. The texture of how long it would last in the in the Dunkin and all sorts. It was quite funny. Ah, I like that. I thought you were going to say the chart because we we've got one in work back in the office. Remember, remember when we had offices? <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got one on the wall with with different shades of tea. Oh yeah. So you yeah, can yeah. say if anybody says how do you like your tea, I'll, I'll have a number three, please. Ah yeah, smart. Yeah, and that's that's. I thought you were going to say that chart. No, no, no. We had we had we had a, we had a biscuit chart like <laughs> <laughs> biscuit chart. <laughs> Outside of, yeah. For those of you that's about a third of my listeners are in the US, so hello, oh, really? America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hi, so hello, American cousins. Uh, this is this is basically Englishness in a nutshell for you right now. Tea and biscuits. The, anything could be going on in the world, the coronavirus and wars and disasters and stuff like that. And we're kind of like we do have the British stiff upper lip, but as soon as anybody threatens our tea and biscuits, we're up in arms. <laughs> Seriously. Right. Yeah, so what we've just been talking about. Yeah. About this, about this microwave tea. Yeah. And about the kettle. Yeah. You, you, you know, you're gonna get like comments now. Of people saying like, "Where the heck did you 
did you read that like sort of thing? You know? Oh right, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. If I can find it out, I'm gonna I'm gonna post it online so people can actually see it in case they don't believe that this yeah, was yeah. actually a thing. Yeah, I will I will find it just to, just to prove it. But it was an aberration. It really was. It was awful. Mm. Now. I'm going to rewind a little bit back now because you did a little really good segue uh, a moment ago with your with one of your favourite mugs. Oh yeah, with guitars on it. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of you at this point, because we're like eleven minutes in and we haven't even mentioned this fact yet, my cousin David here, DJ, is the guy that plays the guitar riffs. That is me on the podcast. Oh oh, he of eardrum shattering loudness. <laughs> yeah, the really early one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was really. It was early days, and I hadn't kind of figured out how to do the whole thing, so I was just in the yeah. It was kind of like, it was a little bit kind of like Radio Four. Welcome to the podcast. Bang! Yeah. Woo! People were throwing the headphones off. <laughs> yeah. Throwing the <laughs> throwing the I, machines out the window. I was in the kitchen, like you know, in your first like episode. Yeah. And, um, and you know, so I've got it on uh, like. Um, Turn up a bit, like you know, so you can hear it, and that's exactly what happened. I was like, Yeah, and it wasn't. It's the thing was, it wasn't really that your guitar was too loud, I was recording too low, so people were having to turn me up to hear me. And then, obviously, and then obviously, blast. that was just way too loud then for the <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for the guitars. So, guitars, man, I mean, for as long as, as for as long as I've known you now, you've played guitars, you've been musical, yeah, and. For me, that was kind of like there was always sort of like this little element of, of, of jealousy because you had the determination to pick up a guitar and stick to it, whereas I didn't. I I tried, and I think just my sort of like my my brain just gets very bored very quickly, and just doesn't sort of like stick to stuff like that. But you properly stuck to it, and you're really good. So okay. yeah, well, you know, you know, credit where credit's due. Where, how did it start? How did you get into it? What's it? What's it like to learn a musical instrument like that? Um, so it was in nineteen ninety-nine, Christmas ninety-nine. I got me a guitar for Christmas. I think mum and dad. Yeah. I was in high school, and me and obviously a couple of mates, and we all sort of found out we were all into sort of like the, the Offspring and stuff like that. I have you to thank you for that. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I had what's the name of the album. Americana. Americana. Yeah. I had the, yeah, because I sort of like, I had a little sort of dabble and dalliance with that sort of like new wave punk thing that came through yeah, in the yeah. sort of the late 90s, which kind of felt like a little bit of a natural progression from the grunge thing that happened so like early to mid 90s and those yeah, bands yeah. kind of followed, didn't it? Now I'm guessing you were, you were, you probably would have been just a, at the time a bit too young for things like Nirvana and yeah, yeah. Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Yeah. When they were coming through, <clears throat> but I really saw like I, mean, I had a weird relationship with that music because I kind of like I picked up on it back then and then I kind of put it down for a bit and got back into it later. But very clear, very clearly, you remember sort of like picking up that CD of mine, and I don't know whether I, I played it, it in the house. It was well, it was from the single, you know, Brief Fly Pro. Yeah, and, yeah, because so that was that a massive was hit, wasn't it? So then I'd go into like you know, I'd, I'd see the CD and I was like, oh, that's that's that. A band who do pretty fly, do you know what I mean? And then, I, like, you had it, like, you know, in your CD list. I was like, oh, can I borrow this off you? You know, yeah. and then that was it. I was, I was absolutely hooked. And they're still my favourite band, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Back in the days when we had rooks and rooks of CDs, yeah. and mine had shells full of CDs. Yeah. When I look at the sort of stuff I can keep on my phone now, in terms of, you know, just the amount of albums that's on there, 
it's kind of insane the way that technology kind of flipped that on its head. So like all my films, pretty much all my films are online, all my music's online. I kind of miss that feel though of a CD. I still buy CDs. Do you? Yeah. Um, do you buy vinyl? I do. I haven't bought recently because I haven't. Uh, I haven't got my. I haven't got my record player. Yeah. In my house yet. Well, it's in the attic. Yeah. But I haven't set it up yet properly. But I do. I do love it. Like it is great. It's a, it's it's just a different sound, isn't it? And I do you know what. I I mean you know from from a from a kid I was buying vinyl, but I remember very clearly. Um, I was at your mum and dad's, so this must have been about 1987, 1988, and your dad had a vinyl copy of U2, The Joshua Tree. Still got it, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. bet you he has, hasn't he? It's, well, it's in my house now. Yeah, oh, you nicked it! Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still like a, it's in a, in a box, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I remember seeing that, and I was just kind of like, wow. I didn't, I didn't really have much in the way of cool records, but I remember seeing that, so I'd have been about... 15 at the time and i think i got it on cd just a little while afterwards yeah but then i remember him having sort of you know the, the with the gatefold because yeah. it's a gatefold album isn't it yeah and it was just very cool one of my recent ones that i bought on vinyl was pill jam versus <gasps> and it's full you know like 180 gram vinyl like you know so it's the proper thick yeah record like it's good it's yeah. really cool and yeah. as you say it's just well, for one, the actual cover's slightly different, isn't it? Have you seen that? No, no, no. On the on the the vinyl pressing of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why? What's how's it look? It's just rather than what is it? Is it what is it? What is it? Is it like a yak or something? What is it? Versus, it's kind of it's like a llama or something, llama, isn't it? Against it? the yeah. cage. Yeah. So it looks like it's in a zoo somewhere or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's right against its teeth, isn't it? Yeah. On the usual CD. Yeah. But on the vinyl, it's kind of like. Angle to one side, and it's just looking at it. Oh, right, okay. It's quite interesting, yeah. Right, listening to physics on time. It is, yeah, like a llama or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I remember around about the time I started getting into music like that and Pearl Jam, particularly, I remember going into, remember where Woolies used to be in yeah, town? Yeah, yeah, And I went into Woolies in town, and they had, um, you know, the usual sort of set out, you know, you sort of venture towards the pick and mix. <laughs> and they did i mean that was the place to go to buy your vinyl mm -hmm. back in the day wasn't it it's like nowhere really else around here sold sold records and i went to the bargain bin and i'm just rifling through the bargain bin there was like kylie and jason and all kind of other sort of like malarkey in there but there was one single uh just they only had the one in there um and it was knocked down dirt cheap it was pearl jam alive with the famous for the, anybody any pearl jam fans out there it's like that you know the the white stick man mm. figure that you see his in the black arms. background with his arms yeah, out yeah. doing that and when i pulled the record out of the sleeve of this seven inch single it's white vinyl wow yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I had, that, I had that same reaction it just it wasn't a regular record it was this limited edition pressed white vinyl single and i was like, I'm having that Definitely, yeah. yeah yeah so i don't play I don't play a lot of vinyl at all. Maybe I should start to, you know, have a little bit of a play around with that now and again. And this probably would be the perfect room for it. Now, just for audience sake, and if I get the opportunity to, I'll, I'll take a little photograph and I'll put it on social media. We're sat at the bottom of the garden in the summer house and I've decorated the summer house in kind of, it's man cave in it really. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a little, it's like a, like a cabin in it, yeah. Yeah. You know, cool. all, all the all the wood. Oh, yeah, that's great. And I've got all flags on the ceiling as well. So I've got like an England rugby flag. I've got a Liverpool flag, Union Jack, Irish, Welsh, 
Scottish flag. Um, of course, there's a pirate flag up there as well. Little bits of posters and stuff like that around it. And it's just a nice little cosy place. Yes. And every now and again, if anybody can hear every now and again a little bit of a, a noise and a rattle, it's because in the corner of the room, I've got a beer fridge and a couple of bottles on the top. So every time the fridge kicks in, you'll hear the rattle of glass. <laughs> <laughs> Which unfortunately is not mine at the moment. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny, isn't it? You'll hear the compressor kick in, you go, what what's, that? what's that? What's that? I'm having a most haunted moment again. Right? What's that? Dick, what's that? Sam! Is it a rat? <laughs> So, so you, so you got your guitar. Sorry, yeah. So, so you know, in high school, so me and a couple of mates, obviously, we were sort of, we were all getting into the offspring and all that. And uh, so, my mates like, oh, me and you know, me and me and a friend, we're we're starting a band. You know, as you do, just yeah. like we're gonna start a band. I was yeah. Like, he's like, do you want to be on our band? I was like, yeah, all right, yeah. Come home from school, I'm like, to my mum and dad, I was like. Oh, I want a guitar for Christmas. You know? <laughs> so they asked you to be in the band with oh, you at this point having no musical experience, no, not, not all, playing no. an instrument. No. What were they thinking when they asked you that you could bring to the band? Well, just that I like the same sort of music as them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we all have the same sort of same sort of ideals. Do you know what I mean? So did they all go off and learn their own? So did you kind of choose you're going to be the drummer? No. Oh, uh, well, sorry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. So my. My two mates, Tom and Tom, they both. No, sorry, yeah, my mate Tom played guitar. Yeah. He had an acoustic, so he was sort of he could play some chords and whatever. Yeah. And um, my friend Tom, he was taking drum lessons. Ah, okay. And they, I think originally, if I remember rightly, they said to me, "We need a bass player." And I said, "Oh yeah, I'll play bass." I think it was like my uncle <laughs> like, said, without having ever picked up a guitar no, yeah. previously. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll do that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I thought, well, yeah, I want to be in a band, why not? Like, <laughs> and um, but he did. So I, I was gonna, I think I was gonna originally look again at bass, and I think it was like my dad or my uncle somebody said, "You want to play bass? Play guitar, man. Guitar's dead cool." Sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bass players never get the girls. <laughs> Flea. Yeah, he is an exception to the rule. Yeah, he's yeah. a cool bass player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I think. Um, so the guitar came from Boogie Sounds in town. Yeah. You know yeah, back in the days when we had a music yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. So it was great. I was really incredibly lucky. You know, when we went down great, obviously, rather than saying like, oh, well, we'll get you an acoustic, give you some lessons, see how you get on. Like my dad, I think, more than out of the two of them, he sort of pushed me. It was just like, yeah, just scary yeah. electric and, you know. Definitely. Well, I mean, I mean, you're kind of lucky there because I mean, your dad's really into his music anyway, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, so. yeah. Well, they both are, aren't they both? Yeah, yeah. But now, now, just to clarify, David's dad and my dad are brothers. Yes. And David's dad, Dave. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, yeah. David's dad, Dave, is the brother of my dad, Mike. Michael, Mike, Dave, David. Blessed with originality, <laughs> are we? It's like, it's like, come on, come on. Pick something different. Think of something original. Yeah. Yeah, but your dad's the, the the young. He's he's the youngest of of all the siblings, yeah, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. So he kind of grew up in that. Uh, see, your dad would have been young. I mean, your dad was married sort of like mid seventies, so he was kind of in his twenties through the seventies. Yeah. I remember him very much being into sort of like, uh, like Thin Lizzy and stuff like that. You know, so like, 
massive Queen fans. Massive and, Queen fan. Yeah. Yeah. Queen, he was into Sparks and yeah. Atari and the Waltz, all that sort of stuff, yeah. Bit of status quo. Oh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> but, the first gig I ever went to was thanks to your dad, because he had some spare tickets. Oh, wicked. Yeah, and it was the first time I'd ever set foot into a football stadium as well. And of all the football stadiums he had to take us to, it was, it was um, Old Trafford. <laughs> it was it was Man United's ground, and it was the headline was um, Rod Stewart. Oh no way! Yeah, and it was a pr- it was. Do you know what? To be fair, I was kind of like Rod Stewart was one of those guys that kind of you, you listen to in the sort of like the background and stuff. You know, being the sort of age I would have been about then, which would have been about I don't know fourteen, fifteen, wasn't really on my playlist. But we went to the gig, and he was brilliant. Yeah, and Joe Cocker was supporting as well. Oh, cool! And he was just because he's like proper bluesy yeah. kind of sound, isn't he? And, you know, from that point, that was kind of, oh, my God, I love Joe Cocker. But the reason your dad went was because the third support on the on the lineup was status quo. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they were the first band out. And we were sat, I mean, when I think about it now, it was just insane. Because we were sat in, like, the big main stand at Old Trafford. I don't know the name of it. I don't, I'm a Liverpool supporter. But we were sat in the main stand, but right in front of, like, the players' box. Oh, cool, okay. So I remember sort of like turning around and the United players of that era. So it was like there was Brian Robson sat behind us. And I think, um, oh, who was the goalkeeper at the time? Can't remember. Not Peter Schmeichel, Gary something. Anyway, but like a load of sort of like those sort of like early 80s, mid 80s um, Man United players were just sat all behind us, sort of like mm-hmm. enjoying the gig. Yeah, but he took us, yeah. That was like my first ever gig that I went to was was because of your dad. Oh, wicked. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And then I've been obviously, yeah, running off to gigs ever since. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah. It's a shame, isn't it, what's going on in the minute? Like, it's gigs. It's just... killer. Now, I think I've, I've spoken about this in previous episodes. Me and you this year, talking about gigs, we're probably going to do one of the biggest gigs ever, really. Because me and you were going down to London for Hyde oh, Park, yeah. the party in the park, yeah, for Pearl Jam, and the Pixies were supporting. Yeah, and it was. Was it the summer? It was the part what they call party in the park. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, so I, it was like the Friday night. Um, Pearl Jam were playing. I think the Saturday night, Kylie was there. That's right. Yeah, I saw. Oh, I had a stuck back in for Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> I do anything for Kylie. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, I uh, so I saw uh, saw Tom Petty there actually. It was <gasps> yeah. called the um, Summer Summertime Festival, something like that. I think. I think the same idea. Wasn't like, the, was like the Summer Pops, was it? No, something similar. Or Summer Proms or something. Did, just, I know they did something like that. It was just. It was just. I think it was just. It was just called something else that festival. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, and uh, Stevie Nicks supported. Oh, cool. So that was yeah, that was cool. So yeah, it would be, it would be good. It would be great, man. Yeah. When it because they didn't just postpone it. It's actually been cancelled, hasn't it? And yeah, some of some of the year. acts, some of the acts are going to be coming back for twenty twenty one. So what they would have been doing this year, they're coming back for twenty twenty one. But I'm assuming the Pearl Jam's uh, calendar is booked up anyway because I know they're not coming back. So we're just going to have to keep an eye out for when they finally hit europe again which is not that often well it's certainly not that often through the uk really is it they only they only tend to do one or two one or two gigs this way so you got into the band sorry yeah (laughs) we will we will we will veer away we will come back (laughs) 
sometimes we'll veer away. We won't even bother coming back at all. So we're saying, yeah, so, yeah, but it's all right. Got a guitar, got an amp. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, so I was trying to just learn guitar yeah. off, off a book I had, you know. Yeah. So there's one thing, actually, I'm very proud of is that I've self-taught. Mm. Obviously, I've... So have you never had an actual lesson? No, no. Not to say that I wouldn't, because, like, I'm, I've started doing me... Over the past few years, I've started actually doing my grades now. Okay. So I've started like it. Yeah, you have. Yeah, because remember you saying you've got your you you kind of qualified in certain. Well, they just you just get you just get a certificate in that you can play at this level to say you're that proficient. Yeah, time. yeah. Uh, so I've been lucky as well because obviously, obviously, when I worked at school, um, I was obviously quite close with the um, with the head of music. So if I was ever a bit unsure, I'd ask him a few things like, "Am I doing this right?" and stuff like that. Yeah. So. He was good, like, and obviously just because you've got other friends who play guitar and or other instrument, you know, musicians. Yeah. So you can speak to them, and they'll, you know, you just you just pick things up and stuff like that, you know. I mean, obviously yeah, and you're kind of sharing chords and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. And sort of like egging each other on to do it. And obviously, how much easier it is now, like, because you can get on YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't, do you know what, and that's a thing, so you know I often say this these days, is that sort of like 90s era of music and probably just early into like the 2000s was the last time I remember seeing that music culture on the street. Yeah. I don't see, like you could, like when I was growing up particularly, you know, through my teens, through my 20s, um, you know, you could you could look at someone in the street and go, right, I know what bands you're into. Yeah, yeah. Because you, it was almost like a uniform way of dressing. You know, you could spot your goths, your emos, your rockers, and, mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. You know, and it, was, it was very kind of like we knew what camp you were in just by the way that you, that, that you dressed yourself. And I don't see that as much anymore, and I think that's a real shame. And I wonder whether that also translates into, uh, you know, are the other kids out there, are they picking up instruments? anymore are they going into their garages and playing the drums and playing guitars i mean i'm sure they are but it just feels like we just need that next wave of new music to come through it used to be great like when was it um obviously when i was in high school and whatever but there was just loads of bands around yeah. elsewhere before there was loads and it was yeah because when you were kind of doing your bit of touring at the time yeah there was quite a few of the solid local bands that you were yeah, that you loads, would gig yeah, with yeah, and it was it was great because you just go. We were all too young, really, at the time. Um, but we'd all play at like you know social clubs and stuff like that. Somebody would organise a gig, yeah. you know, and it was like you know all ages and stuff like that. It was it was great. Yeah. Because you you go along and you just have you have a, you have a gig on and that it was great. Yeah. Which I'm sure it still go. I'm sure it still happens. You know, maybe I'm just older and missing it or something like that, but. Don't see that as much as well. Yeah, because you don't really see it anymore. Because I drive around Ellesmere Port and you don't really see those, you know, live bands playing like they used to anymore. Which I'm sure they do. But yeah, yeah, you don't you don't really see the posters up for the live bands like you used to. And no. I think this this year's been a bit of a game changer anyway because no one's yeah. being able to go out there and do that, are they? So I remember the name of your band. I was waiting for you to tell me. Or do you want me to prove that I remember the yeah, name yeah, of the band? Yeah. Jolly Not So. That's right, yeah. Where did that come from? I think I think it was uh, I think it was Tom's idea. Because you had the like the Jolly Roger motif, so I'm guessing there's a kind of a piratey uh, yeah. jolly 
Roger thing going on with that? I think it was a way of saying, it was a backwards way of saying not happy. Not so jolly. Yeah, jolly not so. I don't know. So not jolly? You're so not jolly. Yeah. 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 Big emos. <laughs> 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 now, like, well, nah. would you have, would you have classed no, yourself as an no, 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 because we, we were like a, we were like a scar punk band, weren't we? So yeah. Yeah, because you seem to be at your bounciest as most playing when you were doing that whole sort of like scar thing. I yeah, remember that yeah, kind yeah. of like, yeah, like special sort of madnessy type of thing going on, which is which is pretty cool to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. It was like two bands at the time. It was like Additional Addiction, uh, K One One Five, Nova Chrome, and well, Gautama. There was like there was loads of them at the time. The Canes, they were great as well. Was, yeah. You know, there was loads of them. There was like loads of bands playing. You know, we'd all play like the Labour Club and stuff like that. And um, it was, I suppose, it was kind of a shame that those bands really. I mean, sometimes you get eras of music and stuff takes off and stuff doesn't. And it was kind of a shame that that sort of British music, because there was obviously a scene of that music going on at the time. Yeah. Didn't really fly. Now, other than. I <laughs> kind of sort of like mini segue into that. You got bands like McFly and Busted that are kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. But I look at those bands and I'm sure they're pretty cool and they do the thing they do. But I always thought you're kind of playing to teenage girls. But that was that was kind of like for me at that age looking at those bands back then. Those sort of like McFly and Busted just to me seem like teeny bot bands. Oh yeah, you know what, what you're I mean? Saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because you find that in you find that in all sort of genres as well, don't you? Where you're almost like a snob or anything like that but you know because i love like you know i love like the Creek two and green day and all that yeah and i'm sure people probably look around and go what's the difference between that and mcfly and busted yeah and i'd go oh no well you know the Creek two and green day are a proper punk band you <laughs> yeah, know yeah. I mean? but you know what in your teens and 20s don't you find you're like a real i mean i was terrible real music snob and it's like yeah, i exactly. listen to that yeah. but i don't listen to that yeah and now I'm kind of like, if it catches my ear, I don't care who it is. You know, if it's a, you know, for me now, a good tune is a good tune. You know, good music's good music, regardless of, of you know, who's producing it. And sometimes you won't always admit to who it is that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, that's a great tune. Who, who sings it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> You're sort of mumbling under your breath who the person is. So somebody was going through my, uh, my iPod. Yeah. And a little snoopy around for it. And, um, and she was like, oh, what's his name? She said, Justin Bieber. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, yeah, she goes. And I said, I was like, oh, well, you know, I was just trying to learn one of the songs. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true, I was. But... I mean, like, when I was when I was younger, I would go, country and western, no! Oh, no, yeah, country and yeah. western. And then I kind of got into, purely because of the show um, True Blood, yeah. Jay Severett, yeah. who I've seen a few times now, who does the, the whole bad things thing. For, for those of you out there, oh my god, it's brilliant. Red Revelations is a brilliant album. Mm -hmm. Um, I got into him, and off the back of that, you start to pick on other bits and pieces. And I got introduced to Chris Stapleton, who I absolutely love now, but he's got a kind of whole sort of like country but rock vibe thing going yeah. on as well. And he plays with like every place, like Ed Sheeran and people like that, Bruno Mars, sort of mm -hmm. like you know, you know, plays stuff. So he's, he's a cool guy, but had it been me in my 20s, they'd gone, nope. Nope, absolutely not. Like jazz. Oh, I've started getting into jazz. Yeah, same me too. As I started, I've always, I've never disliked it. Um, but I've listened to it a lot more recently. 
Yeah, and I've kind of always liked, I've always had a bit of a, a thing for like the swing stuff. So like from uh, Frank Sinatra, mm-hmm. you know, Dean Martin, people like that, who I probably grew up not thinking of as being jazz singers or from the jazz era, but absolutely are. Mm-hmm. You know, on the back of that. But it's kind of one of those, it's very narrow-minded just to go, I don't like jazz. That's like saying, I don't like rock or I don't like pop. Well, that covers yeah, such yeah. a wide range of music doesn't it really but and then also you get that people say people some people can be into rock and whatever and they'll say i don't like rap or something like that yeah. and then and then straight away if you go well what about rage against the machines you know what i mean and that's where you got bands your like, crossover yeah 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 and then obviously during the whole what was it it was like late 90s early 2000s with a lot of that New metal, they call it, wasn't it? Like yeah. Like BSK and all that, where there was, there was loads of rapping and yeah. and stuff, which people were all yeah. really into in that, weren't they? I mean, I've got rap to thank for discovering Aerosmith. Because mm. if it hadn't been for Walk This Way, yeah, you know, I would not never have known about Aerosmith. And probably a lot of the world wouldn't have known about Aerosmith at that point, because they weren't... I mean, back at that time, they weren't a massive band at all, were they? Oh, really? Yeah, when, you know, that kind of, when that record hit, I think, like, your real sort of musos... New, real hardcore rock fans knew Aerosmith. Yeah. But now, if you say to anybody, you can ask your granny about Aerosmith and they'll, she'll know Aerosmith music. I mean, it just catapulted, didn't they, off the back of that? Yeah. I'm probably one of the best live bands that we've seen. That yeah, we've been yeah. to see. We yeah. download two years ago now, which, is, which was a great gig. So, yeah, yeah. So, what I was going to just remembered what I was going to say when you're saying that about learning play guitar and something that I've learned or sort of noticed recently is like because when I was obviously I was I was in high school you know learned to play guitar yeah and you obviously you just had all, all the time in the world just to play guitar do you know what I mean yeah. you'd come home you do a bit of I don't know you do your homework or whatever I don't know but the weekends whatever right you, I was just always picking up or playing it do you know what I mean yeah and I'd speak to people and they'd say oh how did you get good or you know how did you you know, the amount of people who say to me and say, oh, I just haven't got the time to, yeah. to dedicate to it. Yeah. And I'd say, like, at the time, I used to think, oh, that's, you've always got time. Yeah. But I've noticed definitely over the past few years that I don't play half as much as I used to. No, because work takes over and yeah. then you've got, yeah, life kind of gets in the way a little bit, doesn't yeah. it, really, I suppose, with that. I think for me, it was what I found, and that's kind of, I suppose that's kind of born true in like later years now, is the lyrical side for me, the word writing for me, was always something I could, I struggle to sort of like keep concentration sort of like, I get really frustrated by learning to play guitar. So I, I get like ding, 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 and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I kind of go, all right, okay, it's not coming together. I'll pull it down, I'll walk away. But I could pick up a pen and write words. Yeah. So I wrote, I mean, when I was first learning to play that black electric guitar that I had, I wrote song after song after song. Yeah, really? Yeah, seriously. And I just kind of sat there. I knew exactly how the music went in my head. I knew how it sounded. But just wrote, wrote lyric after lyric after lyric. And I've probably got somewhere a file with these songs that I wrote like 20, 25 yeah. years ago. <laughs> So the words were always, I think, the thing. It was always the words that that, that drew me more than the, you know, the lyrical side of that. And I suppose that's kind of played out now with with, yeah, me, with your poetry, yeah. with the poetry. Which, when I'm, when I uh, write, and certainly when I read some of those things back, for me, there's like a lyrical beat to it. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. You know, I know people say that poetry shouldn't rhyme, but for me, I rhyme because for me it's musical. Yeah. Like that sort of... There's a melody. That's it, yeah, melody. There's a melody that runs through it. So if if you know if anybody ever wants it to fish your challenge, pick up a guitar and put music to <laughs> put music to the to the stuff that I write. Um yeah, because I, I just think, yeah, I was just I was just more more drawn to that because that is something I could just do. I suppose it's a little bit lazy though, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe I just never meant to be a guitar player. See, because I can I can I can pick up a guitar and come up with like a, a nice riff or something like that, or you know, a load of chord progressions and stuff. I go, oh, that sounds cool. But I've never. I mean, if, if I sat down, maybe, but I, I'm not. I'm not a good lyricist at all. Yeah. No, because no, I. Because I, like. I said to you before, I even recorded episode one of the first podcast that I did when it was back in Tales of the Homeworker. I messaged you and said, "Can you do me some guitar riffs?" Oh yeah, yeah. And you, you knocked that. What you, what you hear now on the podcast is what you did that first time, and you kind of sent it to me and went, "Is that all right?" And it was like, "Oh my god, nailed it! <laughs> that is it! That is exactly what I was looking for." You just kind of like you, you, you read my thoughts and did that. So obviously, you've got that talent for just being able to do that. Yeah, and I'm always a little bit envious of that. <laughs> cool. We we all we all have our we all yeah. have our talents, don't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So well, you know, you've got a you're published. Uh, Poet, do you know what I mean? <laughs> thank you, thank you. A, <laughs> uh, a published author now. Uh, thank you. Yes, I've, I've sold many, many <laughs> copies of the book. No, but that's that's another thing that you've that's an achievement. Do you know what I mean? Well, do you know what? At least you know. Even if no one ever bought it, I mean, I've sold some. You know, I'm not. I'm not I've about. To, I'm not. Have you? Oh yeah. Thank you very much. It's in my, uh, it's in my program. Yeah, I'll sign a few one day if you want. <laughs> I signed my brother-in-law's the other day. He said, can you just put your name on it? That way it sells for more on eBay. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Thanks very much. I'm just going to flog a load. So, but I still, I mean, I'm still, it's still a great outlet for me that, so, um, you know, I'm still writing and I'm working towards hopefully what will end up being book two. And do you know what? If anybody, if people buy it and enjoy it, great. That's not why I do it. I just like doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's nice now for me able to, to look back and go, I wrote a book. Yeah, that's what, exactly. You know, and in this world where, do you know what? I've been to far too many funerals now of like older relatives uh, and sometimes relatives that we share where the person will get up and eulogize about them and talk about them. And there doesn't seem to be an awful lot in terms of it. It seems a real shame. I don't know whether that's just me being, I don't know. But it's like they liked, they liked watching telly. You know, and stuff like that. Oh, we really like the horses. But there was no, you never get, I've never been to a funeral where they go, and they wrote a best selling novel, or they, oh, you know, they yeah. did, they did, they, they were a massive landscape gardener, and, you know, they dedicated their life to making these beautiful gardens with the public now share, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, something like that. And I kind of think, you know what? I want my legacy to be just a little bit more than <laughs> he liked watching telly. Yeah, yeah. You know? And you I like, know. He, yeah, oh, he loved his music. And yeah, he loved did he? His he loved his he loved his football you know? yeah yeah he liked playing the pools and stuff like did he win no <laughs> yeah he liked a scratch card no yeah. and it's a bit yeah i just kind of sat back you know listening to all these stories that come out you know when people talk about you know relatives past and what do they do what do they achieve and i always thought you know just even if it's just a little thing even if it's just a, a small thing i can leave behind 
that future generations can go, did you know your great-great-granddad wrote this book? So here's another thing, isn't it? Is the amount of times that you, you knew about, like, you know, your grandparents and stuff like this, and they never tell you, would they? You know, like, something they, they have done something really cool, do you know what I mean? You know, they'd say, like, oh, did you know your granddad did... This he went, he went, you know, he was in the army, he went here, he went there, he yeah. did all this. Do you know what I mean? And you, yeah, but obviously, they don't really, they never really shared those stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's probably all sorts of stuff like that. Well, know? yeah, do you know what? In, in an ideal world, if we had, if you know, if we could pack this up into a TARDIS and sort of like travel somewhere, I would actually like to go back and individually speak with yeah, each yeah. of my grandparents to go, do you know what, and do what we're doing now, yeah, you know, and just say, tell us about what happened then. Because I know our, our shared grandfather, our dad's. Mm-hmm. Dad was was uh, was in the army during the Second World War and was the Batman to a guy called Field Marshal Slim, who is second only to Montgomery, Field Marshal Montgomery. So he was like, it, you know, our grandfather was like sort of like probably you know privy to some of these top secret you know meetings, battle meetings, drawing up plans, and he was there involved in that, but he never told us any of that stuff. <laughs> You know, we never. If we asked him, "What do you do in the war, Grandad?" He was kind of, oh, yeah. yeah. He never really, certainly not in front of me at least. Anyway, no, there's never really any sort of like war stories. I suppose I never asked really. No. I think when I was younger, I probably did. Said so like, "Oh yeah, I went to the army." And, yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know. But when you're younger, you know, as, as him as an older man saying to a young boy, "Yeah, it was pretty grim." Some of us, you know, like my no, mates prob- were being blown up all over the place. Yeah, probably. He's yeah. probably trying to think, you know, but I'll protect him from that because it's a rather, a, you know, a grim thing to talk yeah, about. Yeah. You know, and maybe now it'd be, it'd be, you know, be a little bit different. So I'm leaving poetry behind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and if the, te- and the technology is still in the future, a podcast that people can listen to. Yeah. <laughs> You've got music that you're leaving behind. Yeah. You know, so, you know, for our, for our future legacies, you know, we're, we're going to have, we'll, we'll, we're going to leave a little footprint. It's quite fun as well because, like, um, nephew and niece, like, they're uh, always, as soon as you come into my, into my house or, you know, they'll come in and straight away, like guitar, you know, just left on the side, you know, on a stand sort of thing, and yeah. straight away strumming it. So I was round, and uh, Molly comes up, she was like, and she's strumming it, and she says, Can you play us a song? And I said, <laughs> Well, what do you want me to play? <laughs> you know, she was like, Oh, I don't know. So I started playing Smile by Teen Spirit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, I said, Do you know that one? She said, No. And I said, Oh, I said, It's it's Nirvana. I said, It's Smile by Teen Spirit. And she goes, is that them who do Molly's Lips? Because this is like one of their songs, yeah. uh, Nirvana. Yeah. And I, I used to sing it to her all the time. Oh, okay. Kiss, kiss Molly's Lips. Yeah. And that. And she goes, can you play Molly's Lips? So I did start playing it and she was there dancing. <laughs> you know so she likes it, you know, like, and she's, they've got like a couple of like, you know, they've got a little drum kit and all that, you know, yeah. at home and stuff like that. I think she's, you know, she is, she's, you know, she's, she just wants to be a rock star, do you know what I mean? Like, so. uh, do you know what? And I encourage, I mean, yeah, you've, you've got nieces and nephews, I've got a little niece as well. And for yeah. me, it's just kind of like, as long as you grow up and do something creative, yeah, oh, yeah, professionally, personally, you know, however, you know, whatever floats your boat, however it works for you, but stay involved in something creative because it, I think it just keeps keeps the old gray cells sort yeah. of like ticking over, doesn't it? And oh, it gives, yeah. you, gives you an outlet, it's a great stress reliever. 
you know, for me, it's kind of like little moments of mindfulness where I can just like sit down and pick up a pen and yeah, just, definitely, yeah. just brainstorm these words and rhymes and stuff like that and just come out with stuff. So I think it's fantastic for that. We had such a giggle doing that. Uh, but join us next week for part two when um, I asked David about a real life-changing, the ultimate bump in the road uh, in, in your life, um, how he dealt with that and how he overcame that and where he is now. It's, it's, a, it's a great story. It's a great lesson. So please do come back and, and listen. Um, and that's it for this week, guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, and if you have enjoyed this week's, you don't want to miss next week's for the second part of that, for that chat that we had. Um, if you've got any questions, queries, um, confessions, whatever you want to say, do get in touch with me. You can go via the website, www.wolfstag.net, or you can drop me an email directly at iamwolfstag at outlook.com. Please do get in touch. I, I do appreciate um, all your comments, absolutely. Uh, and again, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Mm-hmm.